Hi, I'm Lucas James. And I'm Jordan Ross. And I'm AJ Casada. And we're the co-hosts of How to Scale an Agency. After scaling our own agencies to over $185,000 per month in sales and working with agencies doing hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue like Hawk Media and Neil Patel, we've made this show to interview the top digital marketing agency owners and highlight the fastest ways to scale your agency. If you would like to join the best digital marketing agency community on the planet and let us help you scale, go to twiz.io to sign up today. Welcome to another episode of How to Scale an Agency. I'm your host, AJ Casada, co-founder of Revenue Boost. I'll give a proper introduction to our today's special guest, Sal, in just a minute. Thanks for catching another episode. If you're here live uh, in the Facebook group, let us know by typing live in the comments. You can have an opportunity to ask me and Sal questions after the training. Today, we're going to cover how to sell ten dollars to $50,000 plus offers. It's not really about an exact price point, but really, we're going to get into how lead gen and prospecting and sales is different when you're trying to really raise your prices, you know, and, and sell higher ticket offers to really like better, you know, better and bigger clients, right? Because one thing I've learned from helping a lot of different agencies, consultants, and Sal has so much experience coaching other entrepreneurs as well. One thing I've learned is a lot of people, you know, they've got to a point where they've got a good marketing process, good sales process, but they're so stuck charging these like low prices. And even if you're char- like, comfortable with your prices, you, you might not realize how much missed opportunity there is if you just created an offer that's like three to five times your current pricing. Because it's not just, you know, more revenue you get when you raise your price. It's actually like way more profit. Because if you double your price, you're not just doubling your profits. You could be 5Xing them because you have, you know, fixed costs that'll, that might not scale with this. So we'll cover it more today. Anyways, definitely excited to talk about whale hunting with my guest, Sal. And um, without further ado, Sal, how's it going, man? Hey, AJ. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, uh, you know, for having me on. And honestly, man, like the range that we're talking about today, like I probably wouldn't have even considered it whale hunting um yeah because yeah, the beginning yeah pretty big, like six seven figure projects but um the difference the big difference between those projects and those industries and stuff i was doing that in compared to in the digital marketing arena especially inside like lead gen and stuff like that right when you do it very smart the profit margins are huge so even though it's you know 10 to 50k which you know might not sound much like when you're closing like seven figure construction deals but when you look at seven figure construction deals, usually you're like at you're lucky if you're walking away with ten percent net profit. Yeah, stuff, definitely. Most of the yeah, time, you know. And so, with that being said, um, you know, there really is like no crazy, you know, like shortcut to making all this happen, man. Like, and that's like the sad truth of it that most people just don't want to hear. The truth is, like, you need to have skills and you need to be worth what you're charging. That's the first part. But the good news is that many people are more of an expert than they understand and know that they are compared to everybody else who's not in that arena who's you know not in the realm of internet you know digital marketing right because when you're surrounded by all these other guys all these you know quote unquote gurus and the greats out there and people who are you know even just that but just doing more than you right yeah it makes you kind of it can make you feel really small you know sometimes because you're within that niche right and so um, if you're, like, let's say you're making five, $10,000 a month as an agency, right? You might be like, oh man, that's hardly nothing compared to this guy's doing, you know, a hundred thousand, this guy's doing quarter million, this guy's doing 50,000. And you're like, even though you're making five, 10 grand a month, you're shoot, you might be 10, 20, $30,000 in debt. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a lot of people don't talk about that side of it. Yeah, definitely. Which I know you focus on a lot with your podcast, like sharing like the hard parts and the struggles more on the, of being of entrepreneurship, right? We need to talk about all that more because most people just share their wins and success stories to make themselves look good, but it paints a, it paints a false picture, doesn't it? 
I mean, bro, like combined digital marketing, you know, the, the whole aspect of just social media and being able to portray yourself a certain way online and then take people who are trained experts in marketing, sales, business, and just, you know, those kind of dynamics, man. And dude, I mean, you have some people out here, man, who are just straight monsters, bro. <laughs> yeah. It's a perfect, you know, combo, perfect storm type of combination, man, to breed some, you know, truly unsavory characters. The good news is, though, many people out there aren't like that. A lot of them yeah. are just struggling, sure, they make some poor decisions. We all do from time to time. But there's a lot of opportunity to be the hero as an agency to so many of these businesses, whether you're an e-com, whether you're doing with, you know, local businesses, machinery, you know, heavy manufacturing, like whatever the heck you deal with, you know, whatever your niche and specialize in, there's so much opportunity to go and be that guy who's like, man, I'm a, this guy's truly an expert at what they do. And that's really the key. There's really no shortcut around it being the specialist, right? Specialists, they make a lot more money, they can charge a lot more. And the problem is you got so many people around here that are so new into, digital marketing, right? They bought a course and a lot of people get started like that. That's no, you know, it's cool. That's a great way to get started. So, yeah, so they, they all did most of us. Yeah. Exactly. They're, they learn how to do things a certain way and they end up making clients money and stuff, but they deal with a lot of problems in the way and that ends up lowering the perceived value of what they do and who they are and what they're doing. And they see, oh, it's just me. So like they don't understand that what they're, the skills that they're developing. Yeah. Are yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Skills that all while these people with fancy degrees and stuff who go to college to run businesses, they might understand the mechanics of running the businesses and looking at reports and stuff. But the fact is, dude, 99% of the businesses out there don't have all that stuff ready to go, you know, yeah. for managing a business because you're out there trying to build a business and put food on the table and feed yourself at the same time, man. Yeah, definitely. No, that's a really good point. It makes me think about, um, so it's like someone could be doing five, 10 K a month and maybe not feel like they're really that much of a killer, right? They might not feel like really, you know, that they're worth that much. But meanwhile, they could be very good at a skill that's worth hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars to a company, right? And I think where a lot of people, and we'll get into it, I know with your slides, but I think a lot of people, you know, make the mistake, and I see this too, right? It's kind of natural. You make the mistake where you charge pricing based on what goes into it. Okay, it costs me this much time or money, so let me just triple that, right? That's not the right mindset because you're not, I mean, you, of course you have to think about your costs and your margins, but you have to think about what is this value? What is the value of this, right? So if what you're doing, especially if you're doing like a lead gen service, sales service, marketing service, and you're working with a bigger company doing 30, 50 million dollars a year, you could be adding millions to their bottom line, right? And if you're only charging like 3K a month, like who's getting the shit into the deal there, right? It's still good for you if it's worth it for the time. But like when you really realize what we do for our clients, that's when you can have some realizations that can help you open up some higher prices and with that, a lot more success. So, anyways, I don't want to say your thunder because I know you got some slides. Just real quick though, you want to tell the audience like anything about yourself, kind of first, where are you calling in from? Yeah, I mean, not much, man. Dude, I'm a boring guy, bro. Really boring guy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, right now, man, I'm uh, back over in Thailand since, you know, met you guys, uh, you and uh, Val there over in uh, Vietnam. Yeah. And so, you know, been here for, I don't know, almost about two years now, man, this side of the world. And, you know, it's been great. So just been really traveling the last few years ever since kind of COVID got all crazy. I'm just like, you know, I like I've been running, you know, my businesses digitally, whether it's like, actual digital business or a brick and mortar business i've been able to build those like from computer since i was a kid and yeah. so i'm just like dude it's just time to get out of the us and so you know i decided to do that but um basically man been an entrepreneur for the last 15 i don't know 16 17 however many years first 10 years dude made 
freaking hardly anything, you know, when you yeah. count like the hours and how much I was getting paid. I mean, I was literally getting paid like third world rates <laughs> if you look at all that. <laughs> if you calculate it, um, yeah. Yeah, I gave up, you know, many times, man, like had many businesses where I never really lost any because I never really had any money. I was just a broke kid and, you know, like have a hundred, 200 bucks and we just start a business, quit my job, get, you know, whatever. The, uh, I don't need to do this. I can go start my own thing. And yeah. anyway, all the typical, you know, rebellious, I don't know, just, you know, lower part of uh, society, like, you know, crawling through the trenches, trying to just figure out, you know, to survive in life. And so business was kind of my way, you know, to do that. I knew I wanted to always work for myself. And uh, yeah, man, like I just did the things I had to and survived a lot of crazy nights and uh, just, um, you know, a lot of pain, man, a lot of misery. Yeah. It really is like, you know, if I would go back, like I would just probably work for other companies and climb the corporate ladder for probably mm. the three, like a few years. It would have been easier going out on your own. Yeah. yeah. Well, just kind of figure out like who you are, what you want and figure out who can give you the best vehicle to kind of put that, to put, you know, to jump into that pays for everything while you're learning all this stuff. Yeah. And go learn and jump around different roles and, you know, and all that. And which, I mean, I did in a lot of ways too, I guess, but, um, I probably just would have focused more in the beginning instead of being stubborn and hardheaded and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, man, just, uh, you know, been an entrepreneur for you know, a long time, you know, kind of did it to get out of poverty and help my family out. After about 10 years, kind of things started to click how to like build a business past yourself and how to hire teams and how to scale. And not that like, dude, like I'm not like out here, like, you know, freaking, I don't know. Like Dan Pena out here with his, you know, freaking three-piece suits and three-piece. I think it looks like a ten-piece suit. <laughs> I mean, true. I mean, yeah, I'm more like thirty-piece. We want to be a little, you know, marketers here. But the point is, though, like I, I've never been like the kind of guy to like really want to put myself out there, you know, to be to begin with. And so that ended up helping me back a long ways because I actually learned a lot of skills and helped a lot of people and actually did a lot more work than a lot of people in this industry actually do. Because what happens is a lot of times you'll have somebody like, and maybe they do pretty good work, but then they sign on a bigger client and then they work on a huge ad spend budget or campaign or whatever it is. And then they're just like, you know, Hey, I worked on this campaign and it made $12 million and it's all because of me. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. one twentieth of the job, what need to be taken to put all that together. And then they go straight to guru, guru mode. <laughs> exactly. Now you're suddenly an expert. You're, you're 21, 22 years old. Not to knock that you can't have skill. I'm just saying, but there's, there's so much more involved. And it's like, when you understand a lot of like the business dynamics and the um, different stages of business and of growth, you understand like a lot of the stuff that you do that might get like a lot of the, might get a lot of attention and data on the front end of your sales process is actually going to really hurt you on the back end, not just your sales process, but your fulfillment, your accounting, like your retention. And there's like so much stuff that gets involved in it. It's so easy in the digital marketing realm, especially to get caught up in all the shiny objects that promise you all this, you know, overnight, you know, success and results. And most of it is really just based on manipulating and twisting people's emotions and feelings to make bad decisions. Even if they are good decisions, it's done in a way where they have like a lot of people end up having like buyer's remorse and stuff like that. And it's just a lot of this hard selling stuff that's all based on flash and no real substance because, hey, I can get rich quick. It brings a lot of pain and misery, not just 
to the people that you can't really provide the service to, but yourself, because a lot, unless you're like just a complete piece of shit human being, you didn't mean to really hurt people, right? But then you end up putting yourself in a position where you're like, damn, like I feel bad because like I took these people money and I didn't get them the results that they're expecting. And now I feel like I let people down. And I think that's when people have to evolve as a marketer, right? So it's easy as a marketer to make big ass claims. I'll get you, I saw this ad recently and it was like, I'll get you 9,000 clients in a month. I was like, what am I seeing? And like, how is the FTC, like, I'm sure once the FTC sees that this is gonna be down. But, uh, you know, it's, it, I realized like it's actually easy to just write copy and write these big claims and crazy offers. And we saw it after the Hermosi wave, right? Everyone's got these new offers, a hundred appointments who you don't pay, right? We see it all over Facebook, but I realized like, it's actually, that's like beginner level, right? Like you can write a big claim, people are going to click on it and want to book a call with you. Right. But you, to evolve as a marketer, you have to graduate past those flashy tactics and really get good at like move people through a sales process in a way where you're being genuine, which is harder to do. Right. Which is what we're going to talk about today. Just real quick before we move on, like, here's the thing. If you can do that, I'm not saying like you necessarily should because there's a whole dynamic of backend issues sometimes with, you know, if you don't have a really good qualification process. But generally speaking, like dude, if somebody, if you can consistently get somebody 100 appointments per month and you can do that and you know you can and you're literally going to get people their money back when they don't and you have a system in place to do that and you can say like, hey, I'm legitimately doing this. Yeah. Example, yeah. My old agency, that's what we did. Like we booked 30 appointments every single month you know, within the cryo med spot industry every single month, like guaranteed, like, or like, dude, you don't pay. Yeah. If you have, if you can back it up, then definitely like those, those right. make sense. But yeah, a lot of people are just making claims without. Yeah. But here's the crazy part though, dude, here's the crazy part, bro. That business, like it ended up making, like, you know, there's like around 1.2 million in the last, you know, two years it went from like making a hundred thousand a year to 400,000 to like 800,000 plus a year um, before I exited that company. But that business, man, the worst thing about it, though, was people only cared about the results that we could get them each and every month because that's what we were big on. That's what was commitment. That's what was promised. And so it bred the people who type, not everybody, but they bred a lot of types of people who that's all you're good to them is, the, you know, is based on results. And then if you, you pair that with, you know, bad client selection right yeah 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 like, definitely uh, letting people in who are just going to give you a hard time every single month like no matter how much money they make yeah it'll never be good enough it'll never be good, yeah. yeah a bunch a bunch yeah. of karens that becomes the next standard you have a good month where they do like 30 freaking x like that's going to be the new standard all of a sudden anything less than that that's a whole another topic there how to like you know set up like your model as an agency so you don't like screw yourself you know as you scale yeah. but for today, like we're saying, right? Today's about, you know, whale hunting. Uh, how to find them, how to settle. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And and the crazy part is, man, it's really, it's a really simple process. Like you just got to think a little bit smarter and leverage your time and resources a little bit better. And dude, you can literally like close almost any deal you want. A lot of people don't realize these bigger deals and clients and stuff, they're everywhere. There's a lot of people yeah. that have money and looking to spend it. And so uh, I'm looking forward to getting into that, man. So, you know, just to touch on the last piece said while you're pulling up the slides, and by the way, if you're listening to this on audio, if you're listening to this on the podcast, Sal is showing some slides right now. You'll still be able to get value listening along, but for a better viewing experience, come to the Facebook Live next time. It's in our Facebook group. The link is below in the show notes and come, come hang out with us there. We do this stuff all the time. Just to comment on something, Sal, you said that, you know, these opportunities are out there, right? And I just want to just say that it's going to hopefully sink in with a lot of the viewers here. 
all of you watching this, you know, or I'd say a lot of you, you probably sell something that somebody else is charging two, three, five times more and generally doing the same type of service, right? The difference is they've structured their offer in a better way and they might be dealing with bigger companies that are willing, that value that service more, right? So like, think about that. You could like sometimes, you know, to charge more, you need to optimize your service, add more in, you know, increase like what you're doing for the person. A lot of times you don't. Some of you might be sitting on a higher priced offer that could add a lot of profit to your business. Like I hear this a lot. I hear it where someone's like, hey, I keep my clients never want to pay. They never can pay more than $2,000 a month. They only want to pay. They want to nickel and dime me. And I'm like, all right, well, this is probably not a sales problem. This is probably that you're talking to small businesses. And I'm like, who are you talking to? Yeah, I'm talking to local businesses. Of course, you can't force someone who's doing $500,000 a year to pay you 5K a month, 10K a month retainer, right? So a lot of times, like, like you said, working smart, you know, getting bigger clients, getting these whales, getting these golden opportunities, it's not always about like becoming the sales ninja and just being able to get a hundred grand out of someone. It's just really about repositioning, you know, who you're selling, like who you're selling and what you're selling. So yeah, yeah. excited to dive in. Absolutely, man. And near the nail on the head there, man. Like the, the truth is, man, you don't in a crazy kind of way, bro, you, you almost don't want to be a sales ninja because you want to be able to be so good at finding the right people yeah. and presenting them with the right offer. Mm. Right. And a solution for their needs, being able to truly understand what those are, that they're not going to want to go anywhere else, work with anybody else, or not show up to your calls or your meetings. Because when you position yourself correctly, once you position yourself correctly into all this, man, like all those problems go away because now you're not dealing with, you know, bottom of the pile, you know, bottom feeders. Uh, yeah. And you just get rid of that problem, eliminating it. I mean, that's a good point where sometimes, you know, sometimes we need a deeper solution, right? So like one, one thing I've learned is sometimes you, we try to make little tweaks in our business or in one area of our business, but really we, there's a deeper issue going on. Like for example, wrong niche, wrong market, right? No matter how good you get at sales. Yeah. You can maybe improve a little bit with your conversions, but you don't want to be fighting an uphill battle. Right? So yeah, it definitely comes down to the positioning, positioning, what niche you're going after all that stuff. But anyways, yeah, I can just give you access to the screen so we can dive into uh, more of the how to find and, and land these mystical whale clients. All right. So before we get going, there's like a couple things that are important here. Before you even like start worrying about getting too deep here, man, you just need to prepare like anything else in life. And, um, you know, this is no different. And so if you prepare a little bit before you start, you know, hunting these whales, man, your life is going to be a heck of a lot easier. And so there's really three questions you got to ask yourself. Okay. And so people are at a different point. People are at a point in their agency where maybe you're just starting and you maybe don't know the answers to these questions. Maybe you're doing five, 10, 15, you know, 20, somewhere around that, but you're having to deal with a bunch of different clients and maybe like, you're not sure maybe if it's your niche is the problem or maybe you're not targeting the right companies in your niche. Like for example, like gyms, for example, right? There's like, depending on who you work with in a gym, in the gym niche, you can work with, you know, gyms that charge 10 bucks a month or ones that charge 200, 300, 400, 500, that personal training high-end stuff for $800,000, you know, a month. I know because I've sold, you know, stuff in gyms for that much. And so then you have like ones that are bigger franchises that have a bunch of locations, right? Where you can get big franchise, big corporate deals. And so mm, yeah. even if you are in the mom and pop stuff, there's still whales inside of there. And so you have to really understand who those are in your industry. And once you understand who they are, then you literally just need to find out where they go, right? Like where these people live, like where do they spend their time at? 
what kind of issues are they currently facing that you can solve, okay? And then how can you give them a quick win? Mm. That's great. Yeah, I love that you started with preparation because I do feel like a lot of times, and you know, I think a lot of people can relate, speaking from past experience as well, we hear a new strategy, a new idea, like, okay, well, yeah, this sounds great. Well, clients charge more, higher ticket offers, bigger companies, sounds great. And then we just want to start right away. Let me hop on some DMs. Let me go make a landing page. Let me make a funnel, right? And like, it is the preparation. And I think this, you know, like this ties into the whole short-term versus long-term gratification. I think a lot of people would have more success if they prepared more, but they're so like rushing to get that overnight success that, you know, let me get results in 30 days where they skip over the preparation and they just end up working harder than they have to, right? So I'm, I'm glad you started with preparation because yeah, I'm, I'm big on that. Like when I, when we're working with the client or we're coaching our uh, agencies inside of Revenue Boost, we take a lot of time to like work on their messaging, positioning, all the stuff that's like not really generating leads and but it's what sets you up for long-term success. So I think it's something that like, it's for me, I'm a very like fast actor personality. I know some people are different, some people are perfectionists, but for me, I'm very much like, I have an idea, I want to do it. So now my thing last year has been really getting better at this this prep stuff because it just that's how you get like the leverage, right? I mean, there's different levels of prep and different levels of doing things depending on where you're at, what stages of business, like what your roles are. I mean, like there's so much like, you know, go into it. Like I find myself at times like where I'm preparing too much or maybe I'm like doing yeah. too much, not doing enough preparing or maybe like yeah. I'm preparing too much for the wrong stuff and then doing too much of the wrong stuff and not the right stuff, you know? But at the end of the day, it's it's like anything else, like the most important thing, like before, and this is really like another step before this, before you really even know who you want to really go after as clients, right? You have to really understand like who you are, who mm. your business is, and like truly like what your strengths and expertise are, and then value yourself appropriately to and not even appropriately, but to where like you believe like, hey, I'm worth this value. Because like if you don't believe, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, none of this matters what we're gonna, what we're talking about today. If you don't truly believe that your service and or your value that you can provide is that much, whether you're like a coach or whether you're an agency or whether you're you know fixing you know freaking PlayStations at a repair shop. But, you know, local repair shop or something, man. But you need to truly, truly, like, understand what it is, like, you're doing and what are the things you're best at. And once again, I don't want to spend too much on that and the mindset stuff. But, like, I mean, guys, I mean, it really does make a difference. Like, I'm telling you, like, it's all the difference. That's why before I launch, like, a new brand now, like, I'll spend a lot of time and money on my branding not because like everybody else really cares. I mean, although it is important, don't get me wrong. It's more because like I care. It gives me the confidence to see the vision of what I have behind what I'm doing to be able yeah. to go out and sell it. Like this is the best freaking thing since sliced bread in this industry. There's definitely a lot to be said about that. Like it all stems from your own conviction. You can have a pretty weak sales framework, right? Or not have much of a script. But if you walk in there and you're just like extremely confident, right? I mean, you believe it like it's going gonna, it's gonna to be infectious. Exactly, dude. People will believe like it won't matter what comes out of your mouth. Like you say it confidently. <laughs> and once again, like now here's the catch twenty two is like being able to morally be able to do that and ethically, right? You have those two together, bro. Like, dude, like you're unstoppable. Like people because you truly are an expert, you believe in it, you're confident in it, and so that's gonna show through, right? Because you're not second guessing yourself and you're telling them like 
and this is one of the biggest things that closes these deals. And this is why this preparation is so important and really being an expert is because when you're dealing with a client, you need to be able to tell them or a prospect in the situation, right? You need to be able to tell them like, hey, like, no, like we do it this way. And here's the reason why. Um, when that's truly the case, when that's really what's best for them. Um, Jay Abraham, if you guys ever follow him or know him, like he talks a lot about becoming a trusted advisor. And so being a trusted advisor is being able to give people the best advice that's going to help them out the most. And that's yeah. regardless of what something costs or doesn't cost is being able to actually help them out. And so if you go into this with the right attitude, like, hey, like this is the best solution. This is what I need to be able to charge to spend amount of time, to have the passion, whatever it is to make the kind of money you're charging, like, I mean, dude, like you're not going out there selling, you know, five, six figure deals and closing them and being able to do that consistently and live with yourself, you know, if you truly can get that result. And when you talk to people, it comes off genuine to them that like, it's like, I don't know, like how most people talk about like going shopping at the mall or watching a movie or something. It just becomes, you know, everyday normal talk to you. And like, you know, people sense that and because of that, they trust you uh, and actually want to work with you and believe that you can help them. And when you line up all the other steps, right, right, then like you're good to go. And so many people, once again, we we're talking about this earlier, they have an expert level of knowledge, but they're comparing themselves to everybody else instead of focusing on what they know and then just getting better within their own niche or vertical or specialty, yeah. you know, whatever they're selling. Like there's so many ways to niche down. It's not just by industry, guys, but whatever it is, you're a specialist somewhere. You just got to figure it out and being able to let other people know. And that's the other hard part, right? Once again, that's why it's so important for us to really spend that time to prepare to know who we are before we start going hunting who we want, because by knowing who we are and what we can do and who we can, we know who we can best serve through our experiences over time, then we're able to go out and know exactly who it is that we want to work for because we've worked for those kind of people before. You know, this is where you do things like building your customer avatars, right? Or your, you know, you know, ICPs, right? You know, uh, right. Uh, your profiles, whatever. Like everybody's got different words for it. Yeah. But no, who you're selling to. Like, you have to. Yeah. It's like it's it, it would literally be like going out to like uh, like like imagine you're you're shooting uh, archery, right? You're shooting a bow and arrow, and your eyes are closed, and you're just hoping you hit a bullseye. That's what it's like when you don't have a niche or you don't know exactly, and you could know like. It's one thing to say, oh, I help e-commerce brands. It's another thing to say, I help uh, up and coming e-commerce brands in the fashion and, and lifestyle industry, right? In North America. So it's like really getting specific does make it, it does, it makes all the rest of the sales easier, which yeah, I'm sure you'll cover in the slides more. Yeah, dude, if, if you're selling a Lamborghini, bro, you gotta be selling it to the right people who can afford the Lamborghini. It doesn't yeah. matter how great it is if they can't freaking afford it. Now, here's the crazy part. If you structure your offer the right way though, you can help people afford the Lamborghini because their Lamborghini if you're running an agency and you're doing it right, they're going to be making money with your Lamborghini. It's going to duplicate into more Lamborghinis. Exactly. That's 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 the, that's the winning offer. I want to do um as you go into the slides um to the next part. I just want to add one little bit on the mindset. I think one thing as well about you know to build on what you said about being able to charge higher prices and, and sell to these bigger companies to have that confidence to have that confidence and conviction to ask for more money you have to spend more money, right? So like I was talking to, I, I was uh, onboarding a new client today into our uh, agency growth program. 
And, you know, we we're talking about, he, he said that right now he's in two other coaching programs. So this guy is doing 15,000 a month, not a whole lot, right? He's doing 15,000 a month, but he just invested in three high ticket coaching programs with different areas, right? Ours is to help him with the outbound and the sales stuff. And another one was mindset and saying like, he, he even said, Hey, like, I want to raise my prices and, and charge, like, like we helped to create like a 5k month, 10k month offer. And he's like, I know that to, for me to ask the clients for these higher prices, I need to be congruent. So I wanted to also just spend money on a program so that I could, you know, like feel that congruent. And it, it might sound weird if it doesn't, like if you haven't really, you know, made a significant investment in yourself yet of money, but um, the more that you invest in yourself and, and pay for masterminds, coaching programs, agencies, whatever it is, the more you're just going to be mega confident. Because when you're talking to someone who you're trying to sell to, because you're going to be like, what do you mean 20 grand's a lot, bro? I just spent that yesterday. <laughs> Not that you have to spend big money, but to get that confidence, but that's once you can and you invest in yourself, there's a congruency that comes with that too. Nah, I hear about it. I'll spend like 80 grand on a program for business, but then I'll be looking at, you know, the prices of freaking like produce when <laughs> me and my wife are shopping, bro. I'll be like, what the heck is wrong with you? Like, but I've got a lot better about that. But yeah, I used to be really, really cheap on myself. But like when it came to business, dude, it just was like, I don't know, just easy to spend the money. And I think, uh, to be honest, like that's what I really started making a lot more significantly, a lot more money is when I started like you know, buying books, buying mm. programs, like one of the yeah. first programs I ever like bought, not crack, like not downloaded illegally, like all that stuff, you know, like we didn't <laughs> spend your money. So I can, like, yeah, you legit, can't, yeah. But like one of the first programs I spent money on was like one of Grant Cardone's um, sales training programs. Me too, a while ago, a long time ago. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, one of, yeah, exactly. Like one of the best investments I made. Um, Digitalmarketer.com, right? Ryan Dice, all his stuff. Like, same, same, yeah. Money on that and then just went from all that stuff to all these different courses that eventually you get to a point where like you stop taking courses and you start just getting consulting and, you know, you yep. start doing more masterminds and more, you know, networking events. Um, not because like a lot of times, I mean, honestly, like networking events, a lot of times I don't even care about the event itself. Like I just go there talk to people. I'll be talking to people during the halls while all this stuff is and all the yeah, shows are going. Yeah. You know, especially marketing ones because there's one big sales pitch. You already know that, but anyways, <laughs> <I'm though>. sorry. <laughs> so anyways, yeah. So, Basically, man, you just gotta you gotta be prepared. You gotta know what you're getting into. You gotta know what the waters look like, man. Uh, otherwise, bro, you can just get swallowed alive here. You're gonna make a lot of mistakes. If you wanna like know a lot more about strategy and preparing for you know in life and business and stuff, just read Art of War by Sun Tzu, and like you'll know a lot about you know how to strategize. So that's what the first component is really about. Because if you go in with the right strategy, you're gonna be successful a lot of times, and if not, you're gonna know what to do at least. So the last part on that is you really want to identify here before we move on just the quick wins or potential quick wins that you can help people out with. So then that way you can later here break down the trust barrier really easily by just giving people a result. I can't tell you how many businesses, dude, that I've built with no website, with no background, at least that anybody knew online, like any of my stuff that you see now, just recently, the last few years, I started like doing more personal branding and even though... I don't know. I still have a lot of work to do, but anyways, like you could find shit about me online for a long time until recently. I was always doing stuff behind the scenes. And so for most of my career, man, most of the money I've made, like I've never had like a brand or nothing. Like it was just straight up, like, you know, hustling, doing cold calls, doing cold emails, like walking into businesses. And so how I was able to do all this stuff, man, other than brute force, how I really first learned how to really close these bigger deals was I would do stuff up front for them, like give a mock-up of a website that I was going to build for somebody. 
for someone else or for them? So you would, you would reach out to a business. Yeah. I'd reach out to the business. Like I would, you know, get them involved in, you know, the process, uh, my sales process. Right. But, uh, I, well, I didn't know it at that time the first time I did it, but essentially I was just like, how do I impress this person? And so like, I just built them a website and then now like that's evolved over like 15 years. And once again, man, we'll get into the details of it, but now like I have like a lot of, you know, millions of dollars that have been generated around just that one concept alone of giving people like a quick hit. I mean, it's right now is a good time to really start brainstorming what those are. We can use examples as well. What would be an example of a quick win, a quick win for, let's say a video production agency, a company that makes marketing videos. I picked that example for, for a particular reason, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know, maybe giving people a free reel, right? Free um, reel. Yeah. Yeah. So like literally like, yeah, just do something for somebody. And here's the thing, like you don't even have to ask, like just find somebody who you want to freaking work with who meets, you know, the criteria for your qualifications right? Which once again, the preparation for the hunt here side guys, like make sure pick industries that sell stuff for a lot of money or in high quality quantities that if you can just get them a five, 10% increase in whatever the heck they're doing, it can mean the difference between an extra hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars a year to them. Like something that like they easily yeah. make a hundred X from paying you, you know, what you're, you're working with them from. So that's like, you know, key when it comes to this uh, side of things, man, is because if they can't make a lot of money, then you can't. Yeah, and you gotta pick a big expensive problem, right? If you just help someone improve their business, like 0.1%, right? Help them get their landing page conversions from 20 to 22%, of course, that'll be happy and can make them some money. But if, you know, like you're gonna be only in the small leagues there, right? If you really want the way to charge more is to just, it all comes back to value, right? Give more value right. and bigger results. Right, so if I wanted to, you know, I don't know, work with attorneys or something like that. Right. And I did video production, like I would create them a video or I'd create them a reel or like yeah. whatever. I would go find something that they made recently on Facebook or Instagram, right. Find a company that, you know, is like, you know, big, they're prominent in their area, but their shit just sucks. <laughs> and it could be a heck of a lot better. And then just create them some cool stuff and send it to them. Heck, if you want to be really creative, let's go to the next section because it's going to really get into this stuff here. That's one example of how to, you know, get somebody, I guess, a quick win, you know, if you're doing videos, right. You can literally just get people to do a database reactivation campaign or run some Facebook campaign and round Robin in between like three to five different businesses of leads generated that every time you generate the leads, send it to each one of those and let them know, Hey, here's a free lead that I generated for you. If you want more boom, like just do shit for yeah. people, your conversion rate's going to go up way more just do things for people. Yeah, it's great. And I think, um, so there's two just really quick stories I'll tell of when someone did this to me and it really worked really well, the most effort someone ever put in. So a year and a half ago, one of my team members texted me and they're like, Hey, there's an AJ Casada fan page. And at this point I'd only been posting content for like not even a year. I was like, what? No way. I'm big enough to have like a, a fan page. I see this fan page. It's on Instagram, AJ Casada fan page. And there's 60 posts, like nicely designed posts and quotes from things I've said in videos and on podcasts. 60 posts Instagram. So this guy made a whole fan page and he was a designer. I ended up hiring for some work, right? And then another one was this freelance writer called emailed me and said, hey, I see that you're posting on LinkedIn, but you're not doing anything on Twitter. So I wrote a Twitter thread for you in your voice. Tell me how you like it. And she just gave me a link to like a couple of like threads she wrote and they're really good. And I'm still in contact with her and we're talking about having her do some ghostwriting. So like this stuff works. And the reason why this works is because look, 
anyone can tell you their thing is the best. They, everyone can tell you, I make the best videos, I make the best reels, I make the best websites, I make the best ads. Everybody says that. All the competition says that, right? When you give someone something, which to me, I just see this as a lead magnet. When you give someone something, give them a taste, you are actually showing them that you're better, right? And you're also standing out because you eliminate a lot of that risk, right? Well, anytime anyone hires an agency, a contractor, a coach, there's always risk. What if this guy sucks? What if this doesn't work? What if it doesn't work, right? But when they get to experience your service in some way, shape, or form, then they build that confidence. Okay, wow, this guy's actually legit. He's not a scammer. He's not a scammer after all. He's actually really good at what he does. He understands me, right? So that's why I like these lead magnets because they make for just better, they make for really qualified leads, right? Just real quick, when, when people think lead magnet, they think about like a PDF or like some shitty little like half-assed ebook, right? This is a lead magnet. Giving someone a free custom, like I call these like customized lead magnets. But yeah, just if it helps you, just think about these as like lead magnets, but they're lead magnets that are custom to each person. But yeah, it's a great idea, man. I've one of the biggest clients doing the same thing. I didn't even know this is what you were going to teach today. I knew that we talked about it before, but I didn't know that this was the base of it. So that's this is like right up my alley. Yeah, it's definitely you know, a good part of it, man. Yeah, at the end of the day, you know, it's like, there's nothing wrong with like the PDFs and all that kind of stuff, but like these kind of lead magnets, right? They're meant to really shock and wow people. And so you either got to set these to like kind of like your, what we call like your dream 100, like people that yeah. be closing with their really big deals. And like, you know, it's worth, you know, investing the time and energy to do it. And because like any one pays it off, it's huge. You know, the other side is when you have inbound stuff that you know is qualified, then you do stuff like this too. Qualified, you know, referrals, like whatever, put it a part of your process to wow somebody right away, every single time. Like one of the biggest mistakes people make in their sales process is they treat people differently. Like if it's a referral or if it's coming from a different source or it's a walk-in or they think they got the sale closed and because they're like, yeah. oh, I want to buy right away and shit. And it's like, dude, take them through your process. You have to, you yeah, know? I made the mistake. I made that mistake a million times. It's like you, you think someone's really interested. So you kind of are a little bit lazy about the sales process and then they end up you know, having an objection, right? But yeah, That's definitely excited to dive into the sales side of things too. Yeah, I still do it. I call them just disqualified though. <laughs> the agencies that do the best and grow the most are the ones that have excellent offers, great marketing, and great sales systems. Now, the customer acquisition process can be really hard to master. There's a lot that goes into generating leads, closing deals, building a sales team. Especially since our industry is so competitive and there's so many agencies and freelancers out there, it makes it really hard to stand out and grow and win you know, the clients that you want. Now, fortunately, we've created a free Facebook community with trainings, weekly live sessions, and tons of really valuable networking opportunities with six, seven, and eight-figure agency owners. You can find it here on Facebook at B2B Sales and Marketing Secrets. So right now, go to Facebook, do a search and type in B2B sales and marketing secrets. Or you can just add me on Facebook, AJ Casada, and find the link on my profile. There's also a free mini course inside on how to generate more leads, close more deals, and scale your agency. I highly recommend you join. It'll only take one minute. And if you ever need any questions or need advice, just email me at AJ at revenueboost.net. So again, if you ever want to drop me a question, email me at AJ at revenueboost.net. I love helping agencies and sharing ideas about how they can grow further. And again, go join our free Facebook community, guys. It's so valuable. We have great trainings in there, great posts, and tons and tons of content that we don't normally share with the public. So go to the Facebook group right now, B2B Sales and Marketing Secrets. Drop me a message once you're in there. I'd love to connect with our community members and check out the video trainings and the free course we have inside. See you there. Now back to the show. All right. So this next step, it's not required. I did it mo almost all my career without having any freaking authority. I mean, I, I don't know. I wouldn't say like, I really have that much right now. I, I guess, I don't know. I got a little bit, I guess, been building up. But um, the truth is, like, you know, I've done a lot more than most people. 
in this industry. And for a long time, I didn't give myself, you know, any credit for that. I just did it because I'm like, man, if I'm not doing at least like 10, 20 million dollars a year, then like I don't even deserve to be called, you know, a freaking entrepreneur, you know, let alone an expert in anything, which all that's, you know, garbage is bullshit. You know, the hardest thing is getting, honestly, like one of the hardest things is getting to, is like your first time getting to that 10K mark. But then once you get up to there, it's like, it's a struggle, man. It's a struggle, you know, clear that and get into like 50, 60, 80, 100 plus from there. Um, But getting back to, the authority side here so i mean guys you already know like how where to go to do this stuff but it doesn't have to be anything crazy the whole point of this isn't to necessarily like draw you in leads although it will over time like the more you actually like you know do more branding you know put more content out there do more podcasts do more videos but what all you really want to do at this step though you know if you are gonna if you don't have much going on right now is have a basic web presence going. And once again, it's not required. Um, I can, once again, I'll show you stuff in the next step where you don't even need it. But if you just put together like a basic professional web presence um, where people can find out that like, hey, like you're a real dude and like more importantly, anything else like you're you're real, you're a real person or man or woman or whatever, like you're real. Um, and like, you've actually been, you know, hey, you actually are like a expert and you can like show that through different ways, whether that's through, um, different testimonials, referrals, recommendations, case studies. Yeah. All, all, all that, all the, all the above. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can post it everywhere, but just having, and once again, it doesn't have to be super polished. If you go look at my stuff, like it's not even all that great. Like I go through my periods of time. I'm much better at keeping my businesses stuff together, uh, online presence than even my own. But when you have stuff that people can find there out about you, that's publicly available. Like for example, if you're on Facebook and you got like a decent following and you're doing stuff on their business, like don't put your shit to private. Because people are going to like, it just says like, if you're out there like doing public work in the public space, your profile should be set to public. And like, it just yeah. looks weird, you know? And then when, but now on the flip side, if people go to your page and they can see who you are. Right. And so some people, they just post all business posts. Some people will just keep all personal. Like me, I'm the combination of just, I just post whatever the heck I feel like, because like if somebody wants to actually work with me and my businesses directly, um, like where I'm going to work with them directly, like, I mean, I'd rather show who I am and like have you either appreciate or at least not hate me or not not like me for something than find out later that, hey, I don't like this guy because he d- believes in this or does this or whatever, right? And so it's really important in the long term of your business when you're really looking at not just looking for quick wins, but really looking for long-term consistent clients right is to really put out there who you are and make sure mm-hmm. that that image is either you got to accept that that image is going to you know get you certain types of clients or you got to craft it in a way where you portray your image in a certain way to pretend to be whatever you want to be online i mean you know i'm not like here your conscience or guidance or whatever just my preference is i don't know my things like, i don't really care if something costs me money or not, or somebody doesn't like me. In fact, like somebody doesn't like me or doesn't want to work with me because of something I post, like, great, because now there's other people who do want to work with me because of that same post or that yeah, same- Yeah, it's polar- polarizing. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. And too many people are, once again, like they're afraid. And so being an authority in a niche, like you have to stand for something and figure out something to put your pull on that you're going to stand up, you know, that you're going to stand up for in life and in your business. 
And that, a lot of that goes into, once again, knowing who you are, what your core values are, what you believe in, what you stand for, and you know, not and not being ashamed of that stuff. And if you're able to do that and post that information online, and my biggest recommendation is just pick one platform in the beginning, get good with that. Like, guys, I have 150-something LinkedIn followers. I probably have like 200, not LinkedIn, 150 Instagram followers or something. I have probably, I think like 100 or 200 TikTok, right? Like hardly anything. But I got close to, it's like close to 5,000 on Facebook and probably about like 10, 15,000, maybe 20,000 on LinkedIn. But I'm not a big popular guy, but where I am online, mostly on like Facebook, right? Um, where I spend a lot of my time, the people on there within the industries that I serve, you know, I'm not like a celebrity, but people, like there's people who know me, at least when I go yeah. and travel to meet up with people and stuff, like any industry, any is a small world, man. But most people it, jump into any industry and they give up before they hit that first, like that road, that first barrier, right? Which is really like getting to like that, I don't know, like, you know, getting past that 10, 20, not even to the 10, 20 shoot. Most people don't even make their first dollar, right? It took me years to make my first dollar online. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. But anyway, so the whole point here is, you know, build your profiles, right? Focus on one of them. In-person, you know, events are huge. Not just because you meet people and they're going to trust you a lot more. Um, and if you speak in front of people, like if you go to different shows and stuff, different conventions, hell, I dressed up like Willy Wonka, dude, at events that we've sponsored. What, what, what um, event was that? Oh, that was a private uh, franchise, like annual company meeting. And so like we'd go there and then like, basically, dude, I'd close like enough business, enough business for the, almost the entire year. Essentially, we'd still do more than that throughout the year. But yeah, I'd close like a bunch of franchises, you know, once a year. Cool. Enough, enough um, business to pay for the Willy Wonka suit, at least. Yeah. <laughs> pay for the Willy Wonka suit, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, and, and events are great, though. I mean, I think in person, it definitely there's yeah, that, there's a lot of uh, a lot of opportunity to get deals done and meet some really good people for sure, and they're fun. Yeah, yeah. Then you get you know you get content, right? You get pictures, you get videos, and then that stuff you're with other people, right? Who are within the industry and stuff. So then it makes oh, okay, this guy knows other people, even if you're not like friends, even if like you paid to be in front of that person, you you know the whole like hug thing afterwards that they yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Like, I mean, you know, when you see it, when you've been in marketing so long, just like, you know, like all the fake PR stuff, but you know, dude, at the beginning, like, dude, like you just got to get out there. Even if you're buying PR and stuff, man, a lot of people like hate on it. Like, dude, like do whatever, man. Like at the, do at something. The yeah. And I think a good thing is Google your name. Right. And if, if oh what's on gosh. the first page of Google, if what's, if what's on the first page of Google is either nothing or it's stuff that like, you don't really like, like you got to realize that I think don't, people don't realize that people do Google your name, right? If you're cold email someone, they don't know who you are and they might, they're interested, they'll, they'll Google you, right. Or they're looking at my LinkedIn. So at least get like the first page of Google covered for your name, right? Have some good stuff there. So, cause, cause basically what I realized about PR is if you're not telling your story, other people are telling your story randomly for you and that's not really what you want right absolutely and once again something crazy you don't gotta go hire somebody like you don't even gotta do a press release i mean you can but like but just go out there and tell your story dude go on some podcasts podcasts are always looking for guests man like you don't even gotta be they're too special you just gotta come off not as a freaking douche like and a lot of times you can get on podcasts simply man like i'm telling you like it's it's nothing crazy like but once again, most people are just afraid to talk about the stuff that they've done. And guys, like I am too, like scares the shit out of me a lot of times, like doing these different things. Like it always has, I always get nervous, you know, speaking in front of people, closing deals. Dude, I've had, you know, five, like five figure deals. Like my, one of my first ones I closed was this law firm deal. And like, 
they told the referral that referred me to him afterwards. They're like, yeah, we decided to work with him. You know, he's a good kid, but man, he was really nervous in the meeting. Like he was shaking and sweating. And like that guy, like it happens. Like you just go through it anyways. But guess what? Like I closed one of my first freaking, not, it wasn't my first $10,000 deal, but it was my first $10,000 deal for me completely in my own business with like nobody involved, nothing else, not selling for anybody, like in my pocket, you know? And so, but yeah, it scared the shit out of me because it was the first time I charged $10,000 for a website. But guess what? After I charged $10,000 website, I learned how to charge $30,000, $50,000, $100,000, like, and so anyways, we're going to get into that. But the point I'm trying to make is once again, like if people can find stuff about you, they're way more likely to believe what you say and that you're truly an expert because they find you online. It's a celebrity effect. And this is going to help in your sales process a lot, by the way. So once again, not required, but definitely very, very helpful. And what I'm hearing is at least get the basics covered. You don't need to decide to become an influencer, but at least, you know, if you want to start reaching out to the bigger clients, you know, you got to have more, like credibility and authority is always a big thing when you're talking to a big fish, right? And at least get the basics covered, you know, get some content online, get out through some events, get some PR. So at least when people Google you, there's some good things showing up. So yeah, at least, at least get the base covered. I I definitely, definitely agree with that. Absolutely, man. And so once you've gotten all that taken care of, well, then you got to figure out, right. We're talking about before, you know, those lead magnets, right? Like what's the bait we have here? How are we going to track people? And so I got a short list here, but basically the first thing is number one, like no matter what you're doing, whether you're calling people, whether you're emailing people, whether you're going door to door, in-person events, whether you're going on the different places in social media, whether you're running ads, everything begins at your messaging. So this is why it's really in the previous two parts. It's under, it was really important to understand who you are, what your business is, what you guys are really, truly great at, and then understanding who you can serve. Notice guys, I haven't even talked about the offer yet. I haven't even talked to what you're selling. There's a reason why we can, you know, there's ways you can productize stuff, but like today's conversation is not really about productizing the service. Um, there's a way to productize this and productize offers. And if you guys want to get with me, like, or just let AJ know or re hit me up and I can tell you more about it at another time. But for today, we really just want to, you know, focus on how do we get these bigger deals. And so at this point, we could have, we could come up with the best offer and all this stuff in the world, but if we can't get in front of them to where they're going to believe it, you know, because that's a big thing. We, you know, when you, when a lot of people think good offers, they think it has to be some epic, crazy, unbelievable offer. And like, that's just not really the case. I mean, it can, don't get me wrong. It can work, especially if you got the right business model where you can like lose money up front because you know, you're going to make money on your back end and your upsells and, you know, lifetime value and stuff like that. But most of you guys, most people like they don't got all that figured out. I mean, it sounds good to read a Russell Brunson book and, you know, say, hey, I'm going to build this value ladder that has these 10 different steps, but I can't even figure out how to build and automate and sell and get people like to pay attention to my shit, let alone yeah, like- Yeah, baby steps, baby steps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. And like, dude, like that. that's why like, I don't know, a lot of that stuff out there, like I just I'm not a big fan of it because the information is true, but it's done in a way which just leads people on to think that they can get this overnight success, man. And it's just, it's just not how it is. So at the end of the day, you need good messaging, but no matter what you're doing, it's just key. And so like, if you want to be good at business, man, like you don't need to be like a professional copywriter, but you, you need to understand copywriting you need to understand marketing 
if you're going to yeah. be like a truly an entrepreneur, it doesn't matter who you are, like marketing, you know, sales, like you got to understand that stuff. And if, if you're not good with the, you need to either be like really good with the written word or really good with the spoken word, because it, you either need to be able to write shit and get people to do the stuff you need, or you need to be able to tell people what to write to get it done. Yeah. One, one, one or the other. Exactly. Yeah. And so when we have this, that now, like when we're cold calling people, when we're cold emailing people, when we understand this and we understand all the other steps, we can now truly get their attention in a way that is different from everybody else. Right. So for example, um, I used to be a part of BNI business networkers international. If you don't know what it is, you can look it up, but basically business group all over the world where they pass referrals between each other and it costs money to it, you know, to be a part of a group. So being a part of that, there's a membership list and inside of that membership list, I have all these people's contacts. And so one day, like I was creating a, like vo a voicemail drops and the voicemail drop got cut off. And I was like, Hey John, this is Sal from BNI. And I went to go say something, the rest of it, and then it cut off in the middle. And so when it ended up cutting off in the middle, people were calling me back right away and they didn't hear any of the sales message. And so I learned sometimes good messaging can sometimes be what people would call, you know, technically, you know, bad from like a technical or like a grammar, you know, standpoint or just you know, what you're intended to do. But so sometimes the best messaging is stuff that it really is just what gets people to the next step. If you're looking at your overall sales process. And so right now, all we're trying to do is stand out and get them to continue a conversation with us. That's it. And so many people get this wrong. And that's the whole point of cold outreach and lead magnets is to get people to engage with us, right? Have a conversation with us or fill out a form or whatever the heck the next step is that you want them to do. And so you can take this process and go a little bit more further, more advanced with it. And you could like literally do send people giant stuffed animals, right? Like telegram service where people, they'll literally come deliver it. And you have like an iPad box in that person's hand and have a video of your message that you want to get through to them. You can be as creative as you want and spend as much money as you want when you know that your ROI is worth it because what you're selling is such a high enough product. And, and that's what I love about high ticket sales because you can do almost, you can spend a ridiculous amount of money to get a new client because the amount of money you make on that deal. And then plus, uh, once again, I'll show you guys stuff later here, how to maximize the lifetime value and increase it from that initial deal. But essentially like the sky's almost the limit as to what you can spend on client acquisition. Yeah, especially in our space, for sure, with B2B, because, you know, once you have dial in the LTV and then it basically the better you get at keeping clients, retaining them, upselling them, the more you can spend on marketing. So, yeah, I think it's really, really good point to touch on. Uh, yeah. I also like how in this bit about the attraction, you reference how it doesn't really matter what tool you're using, cold email, LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever. It's more about the messaging, because that's something that I preach like all the time as well. Like you got to really get the message down. What is the problem you're solving? What is the result they can expect? What is the authority and credibility to kind of justify that claim? Those are the basics really, but you know, when you get the message down, it doesn't matter whether it's a Facebook ad or an email, like it's going to work. Right. So that's where people have to, people get obsessed about like, Oh, Facebook didn't work. Let me try something else. LinkedIn didn't work. Let me try something else. TikTok didn't work. Let me try something else. When it's like, no, maybe you just don't know what the hell you're doing and you don't know how to speak to these people. Right. Yeah. Stop doing other stuff. Just do the one thing until you get it to work. And then once yeah. you get that one thing alert, then 
you know, you find out why it hasn't been working the whole time. And then you can, now you have something that's working. And now if you go to another platform, at least you have something that's working to begin with. And now you can tweak it to figure out why this isn't working on another platform. Right. Because that's why I say like really with social man, like just get on one platform. I'm not, I'm not saying like you can't use other ones, man, but like, if you haven't gotten success on one, if you're not making money from one platform, then doing twenty you doing every other platform, you ain't gonna make any more money, man. You're gonna Yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> like yeah. that's it. And so that's what I'm saying, man. That's why it's important. Like, and when it comes to high ticket, guys, like it's not about having huge here's the thing you're gonna understand when you're doing high ticket, it's gonna be much narrower the amount of people that you can work with. And because of that, you need to get away from all the spammy cr garbage that yeah, people sure like the spray yeah. spray shit, because you're going to damage i mean there's ways around it but you're going to damage your reputation man and you're just going to just annoy the crap amount of a small group of people because when you start getting into this stuff there might be depending on what you're doing only 100 200 people like or businesses really that can afford what you're trying to do or what you want yeah, to especially yeah especially if you're let's say you have a uh, again a higher ticket offer 5k 10k 10k let's say you're trying to 10k 15k a month and you know it's a specific problem you're solving specific results or specific industry that narrows down the list right which is why like really getting better at the marketing so you're not burning through your audience and making them think you're a dickhead right what by using like this these spammy cheesy marketing tactics over and over again definitely really important so love that and what's next yeah so at this point man then we just, uh, you know, we wow them, reel them in at this point. And so at this point, dude, you've gotten their attention. Okay. And now once they take you up on that offer, now you got to impress the crap out of them with your process. Okay. So you give them the win, like, let's say, uh, I'm a, a video production company here. Right. And I gave them a reel, right? So they got the reel. We, you know, did really good on that for them. So now what we want to do is once they're like, okay, cool. Like I take you up on this offer before we sell them the big offer, right? We want to use this as an opportunity. Now that they're getting the small thing for free, we're, we're really doing here now is using that as an opportunity to get a lot more information out of them because they're getting something for free. They're going to be a lot more reciprocal in the information that they're going to give you. Like, as far as helping them out more because like, Hey, we're going to do this real thing. But what we really do is we help out companies do this, this, and this. Right. And so they understand that, Hey, like you're giving the free reel because you're looking to, you know, do their entire social marketing you know campaign for the next 12 months, for example. Right. And so you give them that free reel, but then you use that once again you, to, because you need to now do work for them. Uh, if I'm doing lead gen it might be a database reactivation campaign, right? Like those work very well for lead gen agencies. Same concept, but what we want to do now is use this as an opportunity to really get a really good discovery process in and really get to understand um, what's going on with their business, man, and how we can, you know, really help them, if that makes sense. We kind of like mixed in the real man, the treasure, I guess I could have went a little bit more in uh, the other part here, but that's like we talked about before, the free mock-ups and then, I don't know, dude, like almost every business, yeah, I've built like a will give something away like this, right? So once again, you give them the quick win, but during this process of giving them that quick win, we use this to really go in and find out what's going on in their business, like who they are, like what's their highest selling products, you know, services, 
what kind of gaps they have, right? Like, so if it's like a automobile repair shop and they can deal with like, they have five garages and they can deal with, I don't know, have like 20 cars per week in each garage or sell or, or you know, bay or whatever, and they're only at 50% capacity, then that means that, you know, they're losing 50% of their potential business, right? And if each, you know, hour that's being filled, they make on average $300 an hour, right? You times that by how many times bays and everything. It's like, dude, you guys are losing millions of dollars right now by not being at capacity here. And so basically what we want to do is find the opportunity cost and of what they're missing out on by not filling that gap that they're currently dealing with. And that's how we show them like their potential ROIs on what they would get with working with us. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so what I'm, what I'm hearing there is, uh, and this is so awesome, yeah, because just for everyone listening, you know, me and Sal, uh, we only met a few months ago. A friend introduced us, and we both hung out in Vietnam and talked about this podcast very briefly. We had like a five minute. I think I was in Japan about to catch a train. I was like, let's just talk for five minutes about a podcast, right? And talk about will clients. So I didn't really know the depths of what you're going into, but like literally all the stuff you're doing is like so similar to like the we help agencies with, right? Like the lead magnet, use the lead magnet to get in and see what's going on. So you can kind of do a little bit of uh, scoping around and find a problem that you can you can upsell later, right? So. It's crazy how much of this is in line with like things that I've been kind of doing and didn't really know that other people were doing. We're, we're on the same wavelength. I mean, Whatever I mean, it's simple, man. Like, I'm gonna tell you guys, like, you know, like if you go out and read some like real sales books, like for um, example, like one of my favorite sales books is Silver Bullet Selling by Oh, yeah, that's a really good one. My my friend gave me that like recently. It's like really old. I don't know, maybe 15, 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. So I Google based all their stuff off of, yeah, you know, all their training and stuff. So I used to work for web.com. And so we were like trained directly by Google and all this other stuff. And, you know, it was a big part of their training. And so like, you know, I learned a lot about this actually working for one of the, if not the largest digital marketing agency in the world, actually, I was consulting with them. And so anyways, really great book. If you haven't read it, like it's going to teach you about how to create an agenda and like that, you know, having like, once again, being a professional, right. And that shows that you're an expert when you come to meetings and you have agendas and shit, dude, like you're yep. just going to sit, it's just immediately, you're going to set yourself apart. Right. I can talk about that all day. The most important thing here is what we're really trying to do is really, we're not even talking about our services or what we're selling them yet here at this point. We're really just showing them what all they're missing out on. Cause what's going to go on in their head is like, man, like I'm missing out on a lot of money. Oh my gosh. Like we could be doing this. We could be doing that. And it's going to get their brain going. So, and then what you do is you set up another, so my like sales process in general, there's usually like three to five steps depending on what I'm selling. And um, like, I don't really do much of the one call, clo- uh, again, the one call close and that stuff anymore because once again, long-term, you know, business does, doesn't work. It hasn't worked out the, you know, it worked, but doesn't, this works better for me in my experience. So anyways, at this point, man, we're just really showing them what they're missing out on by not solving this problem essentially. And so once we do that, we let them stew on it a little bit. Now we have a lot of information. Now we can go back to the drawing board before next meeting, you know, with the client. And now this is where we really like break down what they're missing out on. And then we structure the deal for them in a way that really just makes it a no brainer, man. And so we look at all the information that we did in the discovery, the needs analysis, you know, gap finding, and, you know, there's a couple other tools I use, but 
basically with this information, that's how we figure out how to create their offer. And so during this discovery process, I'm asking questions to figure out too, like what kind of health the business is, what what the finances are looking at, like what kind of marketing budgets have they spent? Like I'm finding like what kind of stuff can they cut that they're wasting money, right? Not just in the marketing advertising, but other parts in their business that they're wasting yeah, money on. Great. Yeah. What programs are they spending money on? Consultants, right? Like for example, um, agency I work with now, they were spending several thousand dollars a month on a mastermind program that was about sales, but all their problems, right? How about fulfillment and operations? And like, they can't handle any more sales and they're losing money on deals that are coming through because all the other stuff is messed up so much. So I'm like, why are we spending money on this? And so I was able to find like close to $10,000 that they were spending money that they didn't need to be spending, first of all. And then second of all, I was able to go in and put together an offer for them where hey, I'm going to help you build and install these frameworks and get rid of all these costs that you're having. By the way, you're going to pay me half of what you were paying before. And not only are you going to get actually what you need, but we're going to actually go in and build and do a lot of this stuff for you over the next 12 months. So I was able, because I was able to really understand what their needs are and spend time with them, right? And not just be like looking to close you know, a deal, right? And just be open-minded. That's the important part we didn't really talk about is... When we're going through these steps, like it shouldn't really be about, okay, like what can I sell this guy? It's what do they really need help with? Because you might be able to offer this person something that you haven't even thought of selling before, but that you could totally do if you just rearrange the way you sell your product and service where, hey, like I can make this guy an additional $1.2 million this year based on the math I'm looking at here, right? And that's like conservatively. And I can do this in a way where, hey, I charge this guy this much where I'm going to charge him five grand a month and charge him 25% of the net profit, you know, that comes from that campaign. And so now you're getting retainer and now you're getting, you know, equity on the deal on top of it versus just taking your, you know, three, four, you know, 5,000 a month. Yeah, no. So what I'm hearing there is, you know, when you take the time to really do a deeper discovery with prospects especially with a bigger company, there's just so much going on, right? And you're working with them on a smaller engagement or, or a free thing first, right? Uh, you can really get more data and more and see what's going on and find potentially like ways to just make this deal a lot bigger, right? You That you would have known if you just went in with this kind of prepackaged approach of just selling like whatever, you know, whatever your packages are, right? I got lucky, man. I got introduced to, I don't know if anybody knows, that's called YouGurus, U-G-U-S. I remember them so much, not because I've like went over any of their stuff lately, but because that was one of the first times I was in charge of putting together the sales and like marketing stuff. I was in charge of the sales for a, a local web design agency in Minneapolis that I just got hired for. They were doing like, you know, $10,000 a month on average, nothing crazy. Just, you know, local, you know, just like mom and pop, you know, she worked at, you know, from her home, had like her assistant developer who'd come and work in like the, you know, basement together or whatever. You know, anyways, um, I was able to help them, dude, get to using the process I learned from you gurus, um, which is really just breaking up your sales process into the opposite of what everybody teach, like the one call close, and then breaking it up into like actually like a five step process where like the first meeting I have with people was like 15 minutes long. And once again, a lot of these were in person too that I was doing at this time, but it'd be like 15 minutes long, would just be an intro call. And then if that was good, then I would go into like, Another uh, meeting where it was like 20 minutes long, where I'd learn more about their company and what they're selling and all that stuff. 
And then like the next call, I would go more into like their customer demographics, their avatar and whatnot. And then I'd go from that into, you know, next, like figuring out what their current, you know, marketing strategy was and their tactics that they were implying and if they knew the difference between them. And so I'd go through literally like these four different steps before I ever got to a proposal. By this time, I had already spent several hours with them, both, you know, directly, but then several hours, you know, preparing for each call. But as you go through this process, I've spent all this time with these people. By the time you get to the proposal, dude, like we're closing 80% plus. Yeah, they're invested, right? They're, they, you, yeah, you're basically dude. working together by that point, right? It's like, exactly. it would be weird if they said no, as long as you presented them with a good offer, right? And exactly. When you get really good at this, then you charge people to just go through that process. We're like, dude, I'm charging yeah. you too great to go through this proposal process. But by the time I go through this, it's going to be so thorough that you're going to be able to take this to any company to get the work that you need done, or you can do it yourself for that matter. But then now you show them, hey, here's how we're going to do our thing. Here's going to this is the issue that solves your problem, right? Because we're giving them a solution no matter what. And so that when I, the reason why people go through this process with me, right? And whether they pay me or not, it doesn't matter because they went through that process. They're bought in because it's not just their money you're bought in, especially with bigger businesses. It's the time. And we work with larger businesses too, man. A lot of you guys like to start realizing that a lot of the decision makers aren't emotionally attached to the money in the business at all. And so it makes it a lot law easier. They're not the know? founder. Yes. When they're, when they're spending company money, it's a whole different sales process. It's like, they just need to get sign off and it's more about, is this going to, at that point it's like, okay, they want to hire someone that's going to make them look good. And it's going to get the job done, make their life easier. Right? Like how the dynamics different when you're selling to like a marketing director versus the founder or something. Yeah. I mean, dude, just business owners are a pain in the ass to deal with, man. <laughs> they freaking are bro. Like they're, I mean, they're just a pain in the butt, bro. Like they really are, man. Like, I mean, I, I, you know, we're all one here. Right. And so we know like, and that's why it's such a pain, man, to deal with business owners, man. It's just a whole different breed. And like, when you deal with people who are in business owners, they're once again, the biggest thing, they're just not emotionally invested. Um, the best like metaphor I can give it when I used to do phone repairs, right. Uh, I had a little phone repair company. I did mobile phone repair. He's to go to like, uh, to like bars and cafes and stuff, like walking with flyers and like tell people, hey, I'll fix your phone for you. And I'll just do it like right there, uh, like fixing like iPhones and stuff. So I started selling to, eventually I went into some like uh, local like rent-a-center, you know, type shops, right? Uh, errands, rent-a-center, those kind of places, you know, where like, dude, like a lot of freaking poor people go to get shit, right? And so, so they deal with a lot of, uh, you know, people getting their phones back that they repossess you know, that are like broken and stuff like that. And they need to be fixed. And, you know, you can imagine. And so I would go in like, they would give me like 20, 30 phones, like at once, bro, like per week. And I have no problems. They wouldn't call me. They wouldn't message me for nothing. Like if I told them something was going to cost more money or if it needed this or that, yeah. like, dude, problem at all. But when I, worked doing the same thing um at like phone repair store right like for a short time or even just personally right when i do it myself my own business like people were so attached to their phone like they'd be hitting you up like some people like every freaking hour like is my phone done is my phone done like yeah the emotional like, attachment for sure yeah when your son's like whole, just a good person yeah exactly it's a it's a whole nother dynamic and so like that's like basically the difference between selling to a business owner most now i'm saying there's always the diff some differences, but generally speaking, that's what's like. I mean, business owners are freaking nuts. That's why they're business owners. You got to be freaking crazy, you know? Yeah, definitely. We I, we all are crazy for sure. 
Exactly. Um, so when you got other stakeholders are involved, it, it typically goes a lot easier. And um, it's then more about, you know, just doing everything else right. And once again, like once you start getting higher up and stuff, it just becomes about business politics too, which has nothing to do with like your sales ability and your presentation and even your solution and making people money, which that's a whole nother, you know, ball game. But, you know, at this level, what we're talking about today, like, you know, we're not quite getting to that, you know, level where you deal with the office politics of people are only going to work with those people that they like, or because you're giving them, you know, kickbacks and stuff to the executives. Uh, that's whole nother level. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Whole nother, whole nother conversation. Yeah. But I was going to say ending with um, getting them to pay at the end of the day, man, it, to make the deal to where like it, they're going to accept it is by the time you get to this point in the deal, you should already know that this person wants to do the thing that they're going to do the thing as long as you can make the money situation work the right way. And so uh, it's like, if you have on the West, the best way I look, I try to look at this is like, if I'm on a spectrum of, on this side, people have zero dollars up front, but they're willing to give me the entire business on the back end versus, hey, like these people have like hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars, you know, in the bank. They just want the best freaking deal. And so those are the two spectrums, right? Where, hey, I'm getting like ownership in this business for helping them out and they can't pay me a thing today or all the way to the other side, right? Where like they're going to pay you like, everything up front, you're going to make, you know, you, you'll make less, but you'll make, you know, it's guaranteed more guaranteed. Money. Yeah. Yeah. Some of these big companies, some of these really big companies, they don't want to do performance deals. They're like, Nope, I'd rather just pay you up front and get a better price in the long run. Right. Exactly. Um, because so, yeah. you built up the trust, they know it. And like, they're not afraid to lose a little bit of money. Worst case scenario. Oh shit. We lost, you know, hundred, two hundred thousand dollars you know, Oh, you know, Oh, well, you know, big yeah. deal. We did five, $10 million last year. You know, like, I mean, it's going to suck. They're not going to like it, but like, I mean, it's not going to put them out of yeah. business. So it's important. It's really important during the discovery phase to really find out. And honestly, a lot of times you can, you don't have to really get into their finances. You can, and if you, if it makes sense for you to like definitely do, but regardless, you always want to ask that you just, I always, like just straight out, come out and I ask them, I'm like, Hey, you know, if we were to work together, which one of these ways would you think might work best for you? Right. If you guys know Jeremy Lee Minor, I really love his stuff. His NEP. Yeah, yeah. I went there. Um, I worked with him a while back. He's a good dude for sure. Awesome. Like I've never met him. I just see his stuff online, and like I've just went through similar trainings. Like, even though it wasn't called that, and so like whenever I'm like training people, man, they're like, or like I'll get people messaging me like, hey, this is this. There's, I saw this guy Jeremy that talks about the stuff that you said. I was just like, well, <laughs> awesome, man. Um, but uh, so anyways. You know, getting back on topic here. At the end of the day, man, just it's it's really not hard. You just got to talk to people, man, and be like genuinely curious and ask good questions. And like at this point, like people know that you're an expert, they trust you enough, and they're going to give you the information that you need. You just got to, you know, grow a pair and freaking ask it, man. Like, and stop being yeah. afraid. I get it why people are, but like you just can't be afraid to get the information you need to help the serve this person the best, you know? Like there's so many deals that you can make, man, if you're just willing to do things differently, especially if like you're confident and you know, you can get results and you're truly an expert, like you can structure deals differently, but it's, there's always like a kind of a pendulum swing like we're talking about, right? Like the bigger the company is, the more cash they have, the less they want to take those kind of deals. And then the more companies that want to take, you know, results-based deals, they tend to be yeah. more strapped and just not in a good situation where you're worried about getting paid out. And so the key is to really find, in my opinion, just somewhere in the balance there 
where you're getting paid some kind of like either upfront lump sum, some kind of retainer or or some kind of retainer. And then a, you know, the rest based on performance. Like I really love the structure stuff with like uh, getting paid for upfront for this. So worst case scenario, you have all this stuff and you get this built out, even if the campaign completely flops, at least you got this out of the deal, which is going to save you this amount of money, right? Just from having, I don't know, like there's a lot of ways that structure deals, but so that's one of the ways that you can do stuff, but it's really key that you figure out the correct way to do it. And you understand if you pay attention to what they're saying, you ask the right questions, they're going to tell you what kind of deal they want. Just plain and simple, man. Yeah. You got to pay attention and listen. Yeah. A lot of people get stuck in sales because they focus too much on what they're going to say next, rather than actually listening to the finer details. If you ever get stuck and you don't know what to say, like just repeat back what the person just said to you in a way that kind of questions it. Right. Like if you ever read, um, what's his name? Uh, there we go. Chris Voss, man. Like, dude, I, I can't tell you how many times that's helped me is just literally in a curious tone asking or repeating what somebody said just back to me. Right. Like, and no matter what it is, people will respond back to you and tell you more information about what they just said. Like, yeah, amazing. definitely. Yeah. It's, it's a good, good tactic for sure. If you're into doing high ticket deals, especially if you haven't, or maybe you're just getting started or you're just looking to like do a refresher, definitely read that book. You're going to learn a lot of great negotiation tactics, which are really great for what I'm teaching here, which is more of customizing and structuring an offer on the, not, I don't want to say on the fly because there's like, you know, it's different steps we're going through here, but we're doing this in a way that's customized to each person. So it's like, you can customize your offer while still being very much a productized service. A lot of people don't understand that either. You don't necessarily, I mean, not that you have to be productized, but you can offer yourself your offer in a way and structure in a way where you can make more money doing the same thing that you're doing anyways. You're going to bring people through onboarding. You're still going to do the same steps that you normally do. The only thing that changes is necessarily how much money, maybe your potentially your time commitment involved in that project or how much staff you're going to involve, right? Because you have more money to operate with. So now you can get better results because you have more money. Yeah. It's midnight over here in Vietnam. So I think we're both brain dead. Let's do some closing thoughts on the sales process. And then as far as the LDV and how to get the how to get these clients to stay, retain, and upsell, that we'll, we should do that as a separate podcast because I think that'd be really cool to dive in and we're, we're toast, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. So yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, the, the last part about it is, man, is after you sign on this client, right? Like keep working with that person, understanding their issues, their needs, like what they got going on so that you can keep, keep helping them with other services, right? Oh. Um, especially on your expertise skill. Like don't just close them on a deal and throw them out. A lot of people's sales processes and fulfillment processes end once the delivery happens, especially if they're not like a recurring revenue type based business. But instead of having, you know, additional processes to actually get them to re-engage and keep buying more money and, and like even just follow up, Hey, how was your service? Right? Like you can't, I don't believe you, how many people don't follow up and say, Hey, how, how was the thing that we did for you? That's a crucial to at least do that for sure. I just remember the thing we both forgot about. You were saying you can productize your services, but still customize it to each client. I think that's really yeah. huge. I think we can, yeah, we'll be an example of that. Cause I think a lot of people, they do want to productize their services so they can scale. They do want to have one offer, one niche, but they feel like there still needs to be some element of customization. So I'm, I'm curious to expand on that before we wrap up. Cause I think that's really, really important. Yeah, man. So, I mean, I used to do it all the time. The important part of being able to do this is understanding what are all the parts 
of the yeah. surface that you have that make it up, right? So some people might call it splintering. And so if you look, take like a piece of wood and you start breaking it, it's going to start splinter, right? Different effects. So if you take your core product or your flagship product that you're selling, right? Maybe you do ads, maybe you have like high level automation with the AI bot. Um, maybe you even have like appointments that are going that and then like a CSM. Maybe you have all that stuff going on. Maybe you only have one or two or three of those things, but whatever you have, take inventory of that, then break it into, you know, however many different, you know, chunks that you possibly can. So then that way, you know what you can add, remove, and well, not to just in your sales process, just literally like I would have it like on our, on, on our sales forms, I would literally be able to click buttons to take off or add or remove services or products so that I could customize that number one for the products and services we did sell. But uh, number two is like, look at the different variables. Like you could look at, okay, cool. If I just charge more money, right. To this person, you know, can I just charge them more? Can I just restructure the way that they're paying? Right. Like all that kind of stuff, man. At the end of the day, you just got to really pay attention to what they need. And then you got to look at the economics, like, okay, is this worth it? And once again, if you're charging enough, it doesn't matter. It's going to be worth it to customize it to the way that you need to. And so where that skill comes in from is like, you're not going to be able to do that though, unless you're an expert at what you you know that you're doing, that you can build what they need. And so you it's like Legos. You got to know that I got these 20 Legos and here I can build them into this shape. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to cost you extra. Like normally I charge this much. If you're going to want something custom, like I'm going to charge you this much. Right. But you can take your process and then just look at the individual components and what it takes for the, to do those things. And then look at, okay, well, if I add, instead of doing three videos a month, if I did 20 videos a month, how much is that going to charge? Right. But the easiest way to do it is once again, just look at it on an ROI basis. Hey, if we can, if these guys are getting these results and I'm confident I can get them this result and they're going to make this much more money, then all I need to do is get them to pay me more money on the back end a lot of times and less up front. And now I'm going to make money on both. But the whole key is you got to be able to perform and get that back end money. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's a good place to end it for today and then plan the part two where we could dive to the, the last part. But just to kind of summarize where we are so far, we talked about how much it benefits your business to find these well clients and that you probably are worth a lot more than you are currently selling and charging, right? Especially if you've been doing this a while. Um, if you're brand new, obviously don't go out there charging 50K and finding well clients. But like most people, you know, severely undercharge or, you know, have a lot of missed opportunity and could be charging more, could be having clients that could pay more and could be, you know, finding, you know, getting some really, really good opportunities, right? It's not even just about getting paid more. It's also just about like, it's exciting to work on these big projects, right? Like imagine what a six figure, seven figure deal could look like and what that could do for like just your career portfolio, right? So we talked about the importance of these well clients and closing these bigger deals, the opportunity, the mindset, how a lot of it is in the mind to really believe that you're worth more and, and you're providing and to realize the true value of what you're providing these people. We talked about, um, lead magnets and how, you know, find something for free. That's a quick win. So you can kind of get in the door with these people and then getting into, you know, the, some of the, some of the concepts around attraction, messaging, marketing, and sales. So yeah, we covered a lot, man. This has been awesome. Like I really, really enjoy what you've shared. And I think, uh, yeah, uh, we, we definitely should schedule, should schedule a part two sometime to talk about, you know, okay, once we have these big clients, how do we keep them? How do we upsell? How do we bump up the LTV? So Anyways, man, if there's anything else you wanted to add, anything else you wanted to say yeah. before we wrap up? I mean, yeah, we probably went a little bit deeper into some of these things that I was, you know, honestly planning on. I mean, you can, you know, see on my screen, have my notes here, anybody else, you know, but uh, one of the biggest things, man, I would just say is just when you sign up a client, just 
instead of keep looking for other clients, figure out the most of the juice that you can squeeze out of that client yeah, in a good way. Definitely. Where you both in a good way. <laughs> not in a shitty way. But do that. And then like one of the biggest ways is man, just get testimonials throughout the entire freaking process. They signed up, cool, get a testimonial. Hey, they you know, tell me why you signed up. Boom. That doesn't have to be a result. Just tell me why you signed up. So I could tell yeah. people, right? You take that. Boom. You get them. You just completed their first week of work where you set up their campaign, right? You didn't get result yet, but now you, you're on a call with them. Hey, John, just tell me real quick, like what the process has been like so far and how you felt like, you know, we did. And they're like, well, that's well, great. And you're quick and you did this, this, right? And so you just keep getting these different testimonials every time you have these wins, right? And like, you should know your business enough to know there's at least three to five that they're going to have within the first 30 days. And yeah, you don't need you don't need to wait for the big the big exciting win six months later, right? Like, there's a lot exactly. of these little moments you can collect videos from. Yeah, well, exactly. Sure. You put together a system, you you basically and then you have these little wins and you put all that together. And now you have a case study, and you don't even need to be tracking a crazy amount of data and stuff, bro, because you have the owner themselves going in and say, "Hey, we signed up with these guys. It was easy. We made a lot of money." And blah blah blah. Like you don't even got to get into this shit. And they'll say their numbers. You know, like dude, a lot of times, bro, believe it or not, a lot of them will like overemphasize their numbers and give you a better review than you probably should or testimonial, which I, I actually like frown upon. And I tell my people like, don't like over exaggerate shit and don't make up stuff. But a lot of people like do that kind of stuff too, man. It's crazy. So anyways, man, get those. And then that makes it a lot easier to get referrals from those people. Right. So then now you're known in this industry, right? And then start, people start seeing, Hey, you've worked with this company and these guys, and now you can use those guys like as like a like almost like uh, Dennis Hughes calls it the lighthouse method. But basically, you use that one client yeah. that big clients case study testimonial. Now relate that to your brand and freaking bro, like you're the king of your industry. Like that's it, man. And so the only thing to be careful with here, man, is you want to be with this with everything we talked about today, man. You can get a lot of trouble, man, because you can you cannot recognize you're dealing with a monster. And monsters, bro, if you don't prepare, they will freaking destroy you. They will swallow your life and they will destroy your business. I'm not even joking. I've lost businesses dealing with accounts that were too big for me and my business to handle. Make sure you're ready to fulfill, get them results and don't yeah. just go see. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it, it is a point where I think a lot of entrepreneurs realize that in the beginning, it's all about sales. You have to learn to sell, market, get leads and sell. But then it's a the point where it's like, no, I can't just keep selling. Now I actually have to build operations, fulfillment, all of that. Um, but yeah, man, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. We definitely got to have you back. I put your LinkedIn down below for anyone who wants to connect with you. Um, and that's in the show notes. And what, what's the name of your podcast for anyone who wants to learn more from you or listen to your show? Yeah, it's the Fiery Forge podcast. And uh, I've got 42 episodes, none of them which are publicly released yet. They will be here soon, but you can find them on my Facebook page right now if you're awesome. you know, going to jump in and listen to them before the official release here. And it just keeps getting pushed back. <laughs> yeah, so, we, all, we all know the feeling. We all know what that's like. I mean, yeah. Podcast, bro. Whew, a lot of work goes into them, guys. Don't be, yeah. Uh, don't, yeah, it's, you know. It's definitely a lot of work. It's not, it's not as simple as just turning on the camera and then just recording shit. But yeah, thanks, man. I love this masterclass and um, definitely looking forward to having you back. Thanks again for coming on the show and we'll chat soon. I might even see you in Thailand uh, this weekend. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening and tell us what you think. It really motivates us a lot to make more episodes and helps us out a ton with getting the show out there. Now, if you're trying to grow and get more clients and you'd like me and my team to help you come up with a personalized growth strategy for your agency, we can help head over to revenueboost.net slash contact and you can book a growth call with my team. This will be a one-on-one -on -one call and we'll show you what's working right now when it comes to generating leads, booking calls, and acquiring clients at scale. And you can learn about our programs where we can work with you to help your agency scale and get you more dream clients.
Again, head over to revenueboost.net slash contact and see you on the next episode.